Why can't more systems automatically secure data or communications without having to prompt or alert users who, to be fair, cannot always be relied upon to make the right decisions? Hi, I'm Matthew Schwartz, Executive Editor for Information Security Media Group, here today to discuss the need for information security practitioners and developers to create more user-friendly and automated approaches to security is Alan Woodward, a visiting professor at at the Department of Computing at the University of Surrey, as well as a cybersecurity advisor to Europol. Alan, when it comes to security and usability, how can we do better? One of the things that is very interesting is some of the research that's coming out at the moment about how effective security is when you take into account the people factor. One of my colleagues up at University College London a long time ago actually now started looking at, for example, people's tolerance in the same way, how long will you wait for a lift? when you press the button you know how long will you actually persevere with trying to put passwords in and reset passwords before you find somewhere just going around it or you put a sticky note on your screen and actually make the whole security side of things pointless what we're now seeing is interesting research emerging saying that people are receiving so many security notices and messages on their systems now they're just ignoring them they're just washing over them and so people are spending companies are spending billions the market for security software now is billions of dollars a year these bits of technology are trying to help people by saying oh do you really want to do this or you know, here's a warning for this i wouldn't do that and people are just clicking through it because there's so many of them coming up now it's called habituation and i do it myself i'm, I'm terrible because so i press something it needs admin privileges on my machine windows pops up saying do you want to run this do you mean you want to run this and how often do you really look to see is that a properly signed bit of software before you press okay and i think there is a bit of a danger of people in some ways seeing too much security and there's a bit coming out at the moment that maybe there needs to be a slightly more coordinated approach to particularly warning messages otherwise people are just going to see so many of them they're just going to ignore them and it's going to render the whole point of having them there useless there's been some previous research i don't know if it's substantiated research or if it's observations by usability gurus like jacob nielsen that any security warning message represents a failure of interaction design if you need to be warning someone about something you've failed to architect something correctly and you're setting yourself up for failure do you think we could ever get to a point where security warning messages miraculously disappear it'd be nice to think so. At the end of the day, the users are not the enemy here. The security burden shouldn't really be on the users. Things should be secure by design. But unfortunately, I'll give you a very good example of one particular hack that's become very popular is the so-called man-in-the-middle attacks. And we're all used to, and we're all told that we go into your browser, and if you've got a secure link with your whichever site you're talking to, you get your little padlock in there, and that means you're secure. People tend in those circumstances only to check actually open up that padlock and have a look. Is it real? And is this a real site? Is it a real certificate? If there's a further bit of information that says you need to go and check this, although we've just talked about security messages, actually in those situations, they only respond to security messages. And this is one of the really perverse things about this whole area. So there may be situations where you really need to reserve security messages for it. And there's a classic, we've all heard of the Wi-Fi pineapple and a thing called SSL strip and how you can get people logged onto that without knowing about it. And you're passing them through your device. They look like they may have a secure connection. You can put a little icon in their address bar that is a 
padlock or whatever, it looks like it might be secure, but actually it's not at all. But the browser doesn't warn them of that. There's nothing that says, hold on a minute, this isn't a secure connection. It's up to the user to go and check that it is a secure connection. So there are some circumstances, I think, where you're going to have to have warnings. But as I say, perversely, they're not the situations where warning messages come up at the moment. So there's a bit of a sort of a rethink going on. It will have to go on about reserving those for when somebody might be attacking you or actively messing around with you rather than just are you double sure you want to do this? But there's been situations, for example, with the guy who was able to get a root certificate issued to him for live.fi. Yes, he got Windows Live, didn't he? Yeah, he got the root certificate for that. And then there was another report out that there was a similar case for a Microsoft property in Belgium that went on for three or four years before Microsoft locked that down. Now, even after those certificates have been revoked, people are warning that most browsers are not going to blacklist that site automatically. Once the certificate expires, they'll start flashing warning messages. But for some unknown period of time going forward, it doesn't matter that that known bad certificate's been revoked. It's all too complicated, frankly. I mean, I think the whole area of certificates is one that people are going to start looking at quite carefully because A, it's built on trust. And you have to trust third parties to have validated whoever they've issued the certificates to. And as you say, any of us for $5 can get certificates issued. And some of them are in names that, you know, really make it look like you're somebody or not. But the other point is that it's actually turning out to be increasingly easy to subvert these. We've seen with the Lenovo case and a lot of this adware that's around. And a lot of security software itself does exactly the, the way they use it is they have things that track back to the root certificates in browsers and they appear to have total trusts. And that trust in many ways is being subverted by a number of different techniques, all for the best of intentions. But, you know, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. And I think what people are starting to think about is do we need to manage certificates or use certificates in a slightly different way? And one of the sorts of things that are coming up are things rather like how they tackled spam email. Do you, for example, have a list that when you open a site and there's a certificate, your browser goes and checks there and then at that time, is this certificate on the whitelist? Is it okay? Or is it coming from a source that is no longer trusted? Rather than just assume that they're baked into the browser until some future date at which, if you know what you're doing, you might go and update them or there might be an update from the vendor. That idea of sort of not real time, but on an as-used basis, there's more checking done. I think that's going to start getting more traction as we go forward because people just can't, they can no longer have absolute trust in what the browser is telling them about how trustworthy some of these certificates are. But complicating that, we've seen man-in-the-middle attacks and malware that suppresses lookups to blacklists or antivirus update sites and stuff like that. So this is a challenging problem by the sound of things. Oh, it certainly is. It is this constant arms race of the bad guys. It's like the spammers found ways around the anti-spam techniques, and then you have to look for other ways of doing it. Unfortunately, it's painting the fourth road bridge. You never stop. You know, As soon as you get to the end, you have to start again. It's one of those things, however, that certificates and the infrastructure around certificates hasn't changed for many, many, many years. And the way browsers use them. We've introduced things like certificate pinning, as it's called, but then some browsers deliberately don't use it. Chrome, for example, didn't use it for all sorts of deliberate and probably well-intentioned meanings. So you can get some of these initiatives coming out that are really meant to help, but unless everybody does it, you've got a real problem and you can end up with a significant number of the user base out there actually quite vulnerable to some of these man-in-the-middle attacks. So I think this whole area of certificates and how they're used and coming up with some agreed ways of using them, best practice, if you like. I actually think that's something in the coming year we're going to see much more about. 
Google, for example, has a proposal to overhaul the certificate system. But right now, yeah. there's this incredible balkanization of all these different players in the certificate authority space. And actually getting them to work together or agree on some kind of a better replacement seems like rather a gargantuan task. Absolutely. They all have their own vested interests, not least of which are the individual vendors with their own browsers. And, you know, what root certificates do I put in my browsers? And OEM suppliers that are saying, well, you know, I want uh, this junkware that comes when you buy a laptop or whatever. Because because of the commercial pressures, things have been sort of nibbling away at some of the security of this behind the scenes. And I think what we're seeing now is some of that coming home to roost. And suddenly people are realizing all that little nibbling away behind the scenes has left some big holes. And everybody needs to take a step backwards and say, unless we all agree to do this in some standardized way and stop all going off in our own different directions, we could end up with a serious problem overall. But the other thing that could then happen is you will just, I suppose, rather like we did have back in the 90s, you will end up with certain vendors' software being trusted, whereas other isn't you know they'll get a reputation for being a little bit playing fast and loose with certificates or whatever it's interesting for example microsoft are now talking about effectively scrapping internet explorer and relaunching it when windows 10 comes out and make it a bit more chrome like and some of what i understand they're talking about doing is attending to some of these issues and making it clearer about what you can trust and what you can't trust so i think the vendors are starting to respond to the fact that the users the consumers are saying look we need help we need guidance on what we can trust and what we can't trust and and the first port of call, the default port of call, is whoever gives us the browser. We've got to assume that they've actually put some due diligence into and some methodology behind how this infrastructure is used. Because it's all very well if you're someone like me. And even I wouldn't say I understood it in, in total detail. But imagine a general user. They're not going to understand the intricacies of certificates and certificate infrastructure and what to watch out for. So it really does behove the vendors that they've kind of got to take some responsibility in this space. I thought it was interesting that Microsoft has codenamed that Project Spartan. So if you had any yes. thinking that maybe IE at any point in this history had been over-engineered, Microsoft wants to give you a different impression now going forward. Exactly. I think the marketing department's been hard at work there. They're definitely trying to get the image across that it's not bloatware anymore. It's lean, mean, and it's a fighting machine. And I think that's very much kind of where they're going with this. What I don't know at the moment is how much of a rewrite it is or whether it's more rebranding. In some ways, it, the speed of these things doesn't matter so much these days. But actually, if you look at something like Internet Explorer, indeed any of the browsers, to be frank, trying to work out some of the settings and the interactions between privacy settings and security settings and trust settings, they're a bit of a nightmare. And it really needs to be made very simple for users. Not because users are simple, but users are not the enemy. You know, it should be made simple because, as we were saying before, unless you make it simple, users will either not know what to do or they'll get so frustrated with it, they'll just ignore it anyway. So closing that usability thread, Microsoft has a big opportunity here to simplify the browser while improving security, privacy, trust, and in doing so, making everyone, hopefully, a bit safer. Absolutely. I think security is no longer sort of the insurance issue of the technical world. It actually could be a competitive differentiator for people where it's no longer just secure by design and secure by default. It's the trust us. We're the trusted brand. And I think they all have an opportunity here, but they need to seize it. And unfortunately, they do need to collaborate and cooperate in order for it to actually mean anything, I think, overall. Alan, thanks again. You're very welcome. For ISMG, I'm Matthew Schwartz. Thanks for joining us.